What's good, everybody? Welcome to 99 Miles Per Hour with me, your host, Percy Garner, where we talk about life and sports and everything in between. What's good, everybody? Uh, This is the 99 Miles Per Hour podcast uh, with your host, me, Percy Garner. And we have a special guest today, but before we get to him, I just uh, need to get some uh, stuff out of the way. We appreciate everybody who's tuning in. And um, I'm excited for this show. It's going to be a little different, um, but I look every show to learn something. So I think I'm going to learn a lot. Hopefully you guys do as well. Uh, We do like to thank Josh for producing all this. And I'm excited. We got a new camera. So when we when we get tight on on Nate here, oh dang, I just gave away our, our guest. Oh, I guess he's on the screen already. Um, <laughs> it's it's a new camera, you know what I'm saying. And then a shout out to Greg Perkins, uh, even though he's from New Philly, he did uh, let us borrow his camera, and uh, we're pretty excited about it. So uh, I guess leave a comment about how good the camera looks, because that's all me. Now, uh, <laughs> also if you are uh, interested in other podcasts that are on the network, the Get Level Network, uh, we've got a gang of podcasts. I used to name them all but we're not doing that anymore. Just go to the website, getlevelpod.com. <laughs> you can see all of them. Listen to all of them. Uh, they're everywhere uh, on every podcast network, um, on every podcast app or whatever. You can find them all. And then thank you for joining us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. I hate saying that, but just make sure you do. Uh, and remember, if we do get any more five-star reviews, we will read them uh, on the next uh, episode. But let's get to the guests. Oh, I do have a scholarship. <laughs> Uh, I'm building the scholarship, so uh, we do have Josh. will put the link on the screen somewhere uh, to get there, and uh, we're going to be doing some new designs. We did the podcast design and my push, which means pray until something happens. Uh, all that goes to a Dover student. Uh, we'll fi- we'll figure out guidelines eventually. Uh, but thank you. All right, let's get to that was a lot. Let's get to uh, our, our guest for today. So our guest for today is a Dover grad. So we do have someone back from Tuscarawas County. We had someone in Arizona that was fun, but we're we're back to the 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 people we love here. Um, now he did move out, but he went to Ohio State. He's an Ohio State grad as well, and he's back working at Ohio State doing some big things, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, I just I don't want to mess up anything about his resume. Um, but just know that he's a beast in the engineering uh, space, and I can't wait to learn from him. But welcome <laughs> to our show tonight, Nate Ames, everybody. Appreciate having you here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good, a, good. A beast might be a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> Let me talk you up. I like doing it. I like doing it. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to, you know, I have this, all these notes here from, you know, pretty much everything you've done um, from graduation point of Dover and further, we, we're not going to get too much into the days of, uh, you know, pre-graduation. You know, glory days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talk about my glory days enough on here. But no, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Carmela brought you to my attention. And, uh, you know, I saw you on a commercial. I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, let's let's do it. And I'm, I appreciate having you here. Um, but yeah, like I said, a Dover grad in 1994. Hope you don't mind me saying the year. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you were an athlete. We will bring that up as well. Yep. Um, what were your events you competed in? I was uh, very active in track and not very good at football. <laughs> okay, so. so the opposite of me. So I was not very <laughs> fast. I was never going to be on the track. <laughs> but I was decent at football. So, uh, But that's good. You said um, one fun fact I love about you, Nate, is something we have in common. And uh, that's who you married. I said, well, I guess we'll start into that. And just talk about, you know, how I guess you met your wife. Yeah, high school sweetheart. Yeah. So we met in probably eighth grade. She moved here from so was that 1978? No. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I'm yeah. messing. She no. moved from Ashtabula, huh? Yep, Ashtabula area. I don't know the exact town, but yeah, she moved here in seventh or eighth grade. Uh, we met, I think we had a couple classes together. And then, uh, let's see, sophomore, junior year, one of the two I asked her out, she said, I'm going out of town. I'll tell you next week sometime. <laughs> so our relationship started off right, you know? <laughs> she had to think about it. She That's wasn't right. sure. She wanted to make sure that I knew who was in charge. Yeah, the relationship <laughs> has steady course from then. <laughs> nice. Nice. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 
stayed the same way throughout. Oh the- yeah, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Awesome. Well, you know, we got your shout out. What was her name? Stacy. Stacy. So she's got a song about her that's pretty popular. (laughs) So, um, but uh, that's great because it's very similar to me, um, you know, where they have no history knowing who we are. So that's the advantage. You know, they come from somewhere else. That's exactly right. Right. (laughs) Krista came from St. Joe's, so she wasn't always a Dover. So that was great. Um, But, you know, um, I think you had, so we were talking about how you went to college, how you went to Ohio State, but talk about, you know, your decision to go to Ohio State. I feel like there was something there. Yeah, so I had a, an uncle or a cousin, some distant relative, who, uh, who worked for General Motors and went to visit him, thought what he was doing was really cool. He was playing with robots and you know, got to see the automotive plant. He took me around town. It's just one of those things coming from Dover. You know, you walk in, it's like, whoa, <laughs> everything is big and amazing and there's sparks everywhere. You just know, like Dover. That's right, right. <laughs> Yes, fire and brimstone, fire and brimstone as soon as you walk in the plant. It was just incredible. So I found out where he went to school, looked into it more, Ohio State University, talked to him a few times, learned he was a welding engineer. So I knew I wanted to play with robots. Like everything that I saw up there was what I knew I wanted to do. That's what's up. Uh, Ended up up getting a small scholarship from Dover. Somebody somebody had donated money to support track students, like athletes that ran track. So that helped a little bit. And then uh, as odd as it is for this conversation, I I also received a minority scholarship. Really? Okay. So back, back then Dover, well, Dover still is part of Appalachia. Okay. There were, Appalachia was at the time considered an underrepresented minority. So that helped me get my foot in the door and then. And then I worked two jobs and worked my ass off every day. Dang. Yeah. Okay. That's what's so. I didn't even know about that. See, yep. I'm learning new stuff out here. That's yep. what I love. Yeah. That's my goal. <laughs> the, uh, I don't want to steal the show. So you cut me off whenever, right? No, no, no. You steal the show from me. That's what <laughs> I want. Cause I, I talk way too much. The, so you just keep going. <laughs> dude, the, the, the coolest thing about my academic career, just talking a little bit was I lived in the stadium. Really? I was one of the last classes at OSU that was able to live inside the stadium. So there, <laughs> there were dorms in the north side of the stadium. I, f- I forget what they were. I forget the numbers of them. But, yeah, the whole north side or I guess that's the west side of the stadium right next to the river. That was all dormitories. Wow. Did you know that? Because he was a Ohio State grad as well. Josh was. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah they were pretty gone by the time you were there. There's some history there for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they tore them down in – or they stopped doing it in the – Early 2000s, late 90s or early 2000s, they got rid of them. Oh, okay. But, yeah, it was great. So every uh, every football game, we could hear everybody right behind us. What? We, we broke a few rolls and snuck in through the <laughs> – you could get from the dorms into the stadiums. We did that occasionally. Oh, you didn't have to come clean on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't that think they're looking crazy. for me. So. <laughs> that's crazy. Yep. That is awesome. I'm yeah, glad – I mean, that's something, you know, I didn't – I don't know if I went over that when we were talking on the phone, but – uh, that that's amazing. That's something new I didn't know about. I wonder if you know the Ohio State alums out there knew anything about that. You know that weren't, um, you know, as old as Nate. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird that I'm the old guy in the room here. <laughs> yeah, but not you know. I guess by a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm messing. I love to mess with people with their age, but no, nah, man. I mean, the stuff you're doing, I don't, I, you know, Trump's age and you're, you still got a long way to go. You're not old. Maybe when I was like seven or eight, I think you're old, but you're not old until you're 80 now. Right. Yeah. Something yeah. Like that's that. 90. Okay. 90. Yeah. I don't know. When you go to the doctor and he says, we don't need to fix that. You're <laughs> because of your age. We don't need to fix that. Yes. I got that with my uh, knees. Yes. Me too. <laughs> Oh yeah, wait. Let's talk about that a little bit. You know, I, from if you don't know, none of this is timeline wise. Right, <laughs> We're just jumping up. around. So I know you had a knee injury. Yep. You tore an ACL. Tore my ACL. Tore up my MCL a little bit, but not. It was just a what do they call it? A sprain or a strain? Mm-hmm. Just, just enough that it hurt, and uh, tore my meniscus up. And that was just recent. That was recent. That was in May. Ooh. And uh, that was, as my wife tells the story, there's uh, a bunch of us that all hang out together, you know, family, friends. We go boating almost every weekend. One okay. of the 16-year-olds was doing something. I tried to copy it, and 44-year-old, <laughs> 45-year-old body doesn't behave the way a 16-year-old but your does. mind, yes, you know, right. your mind's like, oh, I can, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. And your yeah. body says, uh-uh. Yep. <laughs> so I might be giving up wakeboarding for a while. <laughs> oh, man, that's a great story. So, but you're... 
fully recovered now? No, I'm uh, I'm five weeks post surgery. So oh not a, dang oh yeah th- just May well, yeah. I don't know what you know COVID's messed up my calendar that's oh, my no, excuse <laughs> yeah. is that a good excuse that's a good yep, excuse it is okay good <laughs> yep. yeah so surgery was just five weeks ago um, dang I'm walking now feeling good I still got to wear this silly compression oh yeah thing. I forgot you had the sleeve on okay yep, I thought yep. that was just for style I didn't yeah, know looking cool <laughs> <laughs> nice okay well um let's uh that i'm so this is stuff even though i'm not a big ohio state fan sorry you know they didn't recruit me so they i wanted grudge. to i heard I, I heard they did they wanted to <laughs> they recruit wanted you to and recruit there was some me. yeah there were some loopholes they couldn't make it happen <laughs> <laughs> oh man but no i i, I like ohio state because the baseball coach was my college baseball coach now greg yeah. beals cool. so and they let me work out there and drink all their muscle milk so we're we're even so um, but let's get into your professional career. Um, sorry, Carmela, Carmela, we're not going to, you know, talk about the childhood and how great of a mother you were, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I just want to get in quickly cause there's a lot that we need to talk about and, um, you know, you probably need to get home or something eventually. So <laughs> we could probably have this conversation for four hours, but Let's get into the professional career, and I'm going to let you say the the first company you worked for, even though I did test it out, and you said I was correct. That's right. Swage uh, Lock. Swage Lock. Or Swage Clock. Swage Lock. Swage Lock. All right. Well, just explain, uh, you know, what that is, where that is, and I guess how you graduated, when you graduated from Ohio State, how you got in there. Yep. So, I actually started before. I, um, I took a co-op with them uh, junior year, sophomore or junior year. I don't remember which exactly. Okay. They're located up near Cleveland, up in the Solon area. Okay. So I went every other quarter, Columbus, Cleveland, Columbus, Cleveland. Um, did that until I graduated. When I graduated, I moved up there. My wife and I bought a house. That's like when the grown-up stuff started, right? <laughs> bought a house, got a dog. Nice. Started caring about, like, what washer and dryer you That's have That's exactly stuff. right, right. <laughs> Trying to figure out how to raise a puppy, uh, those they're hard. Yes, yeah. I, I would say they're the worst than babies. You know, they don't have a diaper. I don't know about that. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> just aren't old enough yet. Wait till they hit teenage years. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I haven't experienced that yet. Right, right. Oh. Yeah. So I uh, no, I stayed there. Unfortunately, I only stayed there a few years. I um, I quickly got moved into the oil and gas team, doing new product development, and worked on a worked on a really cool project. Uh, through that project, I filed for a couple patents. And you know, nothing fancy. I was part of a team. There were lots of people on the patents. I was just one of the inventors. And a faculty member at OSU became aware of the patents that we had filed, and it was kind of in his line of research. Okay. So he he um he asked if I was interested in doing a master's and a PhD. It sounded awesome to me. So I, <laughs> my wife and I picked up. We moved to Columbus. The the intent at the start was that we were always going to go back to Swagelock. It was never supposed to be a one-way trip. You know, we we tell the story that we got on 71 South, we stopped in Columbus, we've been trying to figure out how to go 71 <laughs> North for the last 25 years or so. <laughs> I like it. Um, so anyway, it, um, yeah, it worked out great. I did my master's, did some pretty... I thought it was cool research. I worked for a company called EWI. They actually funded my fellowship there in Columbus as well. Uh. Um, I had, so then the story starts to get kind of weird and crazy, right? I, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to say EWI was what, right next door? Yeah, right okay. next door. They shared a building, EWI and the welding engineering department at OSU shared a building. Okay. Um, yeah, so anyway, worked, worked for EWI while I was doing my master's transitioned into my PhD and about the same time I started a company and uh, me and my business partner we were both about the same age we both had a kid and still trudging along I was doing my PhD he was still working on his master's and then I had a second kid and I was like yeah we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> let the PhD go <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that my my uh Doctoral advisor is still probably mad at me for not finishing. Really? Yeah, but hey, life comes at you fast. <laughs> that's right, right. Yeah, and the company did well, so I'm not part of the company anymore. But he's, it's still doing really well. Nice. It, uh, has changed directions a few times, but it's nice to see something that I was involved in continuing yeah. to grow. That's what's up, and it's still the same name. Same name. Okay. It's uh, yeah, it's he's a good guy. It's the guy that owns it is a his name's a- Andy Joseph, and okay. the company's Apex. 
Andy oh, okay. and I started the company together back in 2002. It was 2002. That's what's up. Yeah. And I, I stayed active. I ended up selling to him I don't know, a few years later to do other things. Gotcha. And I've started a handful of companies ever since then. You know, some <sighs> of the names I don't even remember. I kind of, <laughs> again, Stacy gives me a lot of shit I, I start companies when I have an idea. And then I realize, yeah, that was actually a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> at least you can say you can start a company so you two have something in common with the uh, you know having some company started i haven't started one yet but well actually i guess i did my my um the bullpen on 21 my my baseball uh, I, it wasn't my initial idea kyle tharp and, and sam yeah. were my business partners but you know they they were nice enough to include me in and and i taught some kids some baseball stuff <laughs> hopefully they learned something from this the last podcast but um but no, so yeah, so you had, uh, you know, you sold the company and were you approached, I, I'm trying to remember the story from, uh, from when we were on the phone, but you were approached, um, by the same person that, uh, were, was brought to your attention when they were doing some research about your patents at Swage Lock? No. So I got out of, when I got out of Apex and I was still working for EWI. Oh, okay. So there was a, you know, EWI was kind of a common thread for about 11 years. And, gotcha. uh, and when I, when I left Apex, the, the driving force for me to leave was I wanted to focus on EWI. We had some pretty amazing things we were doing. We were, I was really involved in oil and gas. That was my kind of my passion, my background. That was the space I lived in. So gotcha. that was a, another point in time. When I was at Swagelock, I traveled a lot. That yeah, was a, yeah. Was, you were on the road, what, 250 days a year? Yeah, there were some days where I was, we were definitely gone more than home. And then when I as things grew at EWI had kind of the same travel pattern. And I was, I was the, the token guy that had a passport that already had yellow <laughs> fever shots and kind of all the, all the immunizations you need to go around the world. So I, anytime there was something going on in Africa or, or, Oh shoot. I, ever, I can't even think of all the countries. I I've we, been everywhere. I don't yeah, know. We, yeah, Try we, to say that. I'm not even going to say the word immunization. Immunizations. Immunizations. Yeah, I think I said it wrong the first no, time. No, you said it right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you probably ate real healthy traveling and stuff like that, right? No, we ate. <laughs> no. <laughs> no we I ate, know like, I eat right now. Sometimes yeah. I buy candy for the customer. <laughs> Steve, right. I, I really do buy candy for the customer, I swear. And then, you know, I might reach in the bag, you yeah. know. Depending yeah. on what it is. If it's a Reese's Cups, I'm sorry, customers, you're not getting them. But <laughs> I, you know, when you're on the road, you know how tough it is. And your oh, yeah. road is way worse than my road. I'm just Eating driving. airport food all yeah. the time. It's horrible. That's, yeah. I mean, it tastes good, though. Yep. And Stace <laughs> used to travel a lot with me. So that was oh, good, okay. too. She used to come. Um, I don't know how many trips she came on, but she came. We worked in Czech Republic. She actually didn't. Maybe she didn't come on that one. My brother and my sister and my wife at different times traveled with me. Cause I was, oh, Okay. I was you, gone was before weeks. you had kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, so I was gone for sometimes a couple of weeks. So it was Dang. easy for someone to come over, hang out. You know, we'd, they'd do whatever during the day, and then we'd go do things at night. Nice. But, yeah, I know Stace came to um, France once or twice with me. Nick, my brother, and my sister came over to Czech Republic when I was there. Nice. Um, we've done a few, I don't know, a few random trips, but lots of fun. Dang. Have you, have you been out of the country, Josh? I guess you don't have a mic, but I'll just relay what you said. Oh, see, I've only like been to Canada. Yeah. I don't really count that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tijuana doesn't really count as Mexico either. So you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so that a lot of traveling. That's hmm. when did the when did the the faculty at Ohio State take notice, or wanted you to come back and be a part of this program that you're a part of now? Uh, so we, so I left EWI in 2011. 2011 mid-year, I suppose, and okay. I was part of a, a startup doing oil and gas services. Okay. And that, we hit the timing as horrible as you could get it. So we got a, we got a lot of work. We were super active. You know, we were like driving trucks in the mud and being all kinds of cool. And then the bottom fell out of the market. Mm. And it just, it went, as fast as we went up, we came back down. Mm. And right about that time, I was trying to figure out what to do. I was helping Andy at Apex a little bit where I could. And then this opportunity at OSU came up and one of the faculty members reached out, not, not the same one that I did my grad okay. work under, but another faculty member reached out and said, Hey, this, 
this might be something that aligns with you. You've done multiple startups. You've been really active. You might want to give it a shot. Nice. So I met with the dean and one of the associate deans for the College of Engineering. We all clicked and got along. And then in uh, December of 2014, I started at OSU. Nice. Nice. Now, did this have like a name or was it just, I think you said it was just you, uh, an old rusty laptop in a, right. in a building at Ohio State? That's right. I was, <laughs> I was employee number one in a building that was slated to be torn down. <laughs> See, I mean, and eventually, obviously, we'll get to where you are now. But just to start, I, I mean, most people would be like, all right, what am I doing? You know, yeah. but I mean, did they... Did the dean like plant like or paint a, a perfect picture for you to like, okay, this is what we're, we're going to do this. Or was it just like, Hey, um, we think this could happen, but here, here you are. No, no, our dean. So his name's Dean Williams. He's a, he's a visionary. Wait, so, so his name, he's the dean and his name is Dean. No, oh. no. his name is Dave. <laughs> okay, I was dean David Williams. Okay. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's a visionary. So he, he was one of the one of the first people in the academic circles that I'd ever talked to who who recognized that there's a there's a value proposition out there to create an applied engineering research center that's inside of the university but operates as though it's outside the university. Okay. So that was he had feedback from his board, you know, I'm sure he collected feedback from all over the place, but he had the he was he and uh, a faculty member named Glenn Dane Okay. were the two that kind of came together to create this vision. And then they, they brought me in and I've, yeah, I've probably put my own brushstrokes on it at different places, but it, for the most part, it's still the same core vision that Dave and Glenn had back oh, five, uh, what, eight years ago, seven years ago now. Wow. I mean, I, I, th in anything you do, I think that you have to have some clear cut vision like Josh with the get level or next level. I'm pretty sure you're like, okay, this is what I want to do. If you kind of just go into something and you're just like, yeah, I want to make a successful business. You know, we'll figure it out as we go. It's yeah. it's just hard. To, so, like, when I was working with my kids and trying to show them, you know, hey, this is the goal you want, where, you know, kind of think about the path you're going to take to get there. And, I mean, I'm sure you can attest to that. It's not just, you know, winging it. Yep. Uh, there might be some opportunities where you have to, but for the most part, you have, like, wait, this is what we want to accomplish. This is what we're going to do with this idea, and we're going to, there might be a little things you branch off, yep. but for the most part, you're just like, we see what we want to do. We're going to go attack it. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like looking down the highway, the highway goes straight as far as you can see. Yeah. And the further you go, there's little wiggles in it. Yeah, all, yeah. It's still basically 71 goes basically North and South. Yeah. There's little deviations, but as long as you look forward, it always looks like it's going the same direction. I like it. That, that's kind of how the center has been. We've always been headed in the same direction. There's, definitely been little deviations you know it's always kind of wiggling around but we're still heading north and right? we're we're still going towards the same north star the same lighthouse and different different nice. analogies i suppose the the one thing i do notice is what someone told me when i when i first started driving is no matter what you're always going to end up where you're looking like they told me hey if you're turning just look there and you turn you'll just end up exactly where you want i never believed that i'm always like I don't know. Like when I drive, I don't know how if you do that, but when you're, when you're driving, when you're driving or sometimes if you look at something, say you see, you know, a girl or something that you're like, Oh, you know, eventually you might end up going left to center. That's right. And it's just, if you like, like your highway analogy, if you're looking straight ahead at your goal, you're going to stay no matter how yep. it goes, you're going to end up in that way. So, right. um, I just love little things that, you know, help me, I guess, stay on track. Yeah. Um, on the trap, I, I think the trap that people get caught, this is my opinion. I'm yeah. not a business expert by any means, but the trap that people get caught in is they, they sit and they stare at their numbers, which is mm. the equivalent in this analogy we're talking through. It's the equivalent of looking in the rear view mirror. Yeah. So when you're looking behind you, the road looks straight too, but it doesn't tell you anything about what's coming right ahead of you. And, and that's sort of about this, this channel and the podcast, like I'm always like, at first I was like, Josh, send me the analytics. I want to see how many people are listening, who's watching and all this. And it really doesn't, it doesn't really help us, you know, move forward and how we want to up our production or, you know, get different guests on. Right. And if we focus on that, the rest of the stuff will take care of itself. And I, I think that's basically what you're saying right Absolutely. now with it. Yeah. It's good information to have. It tells you yeah. who your customers are, who your audience is. It tells you what you did wrong. But it shouldn't be telling you where you're going to go. Yeah. Right? You, you need to be driving towards the vision. Like it. Like it.
Well, okay. Tell us about this. So, wait, I have a date here. Was this December 14th? Why yep. was that? That's when I started. That's when I was hired. Oh, okay, okay. Because yep. I know my birthday is the 13th. So, I was like, oh, this date's pretty cool. December of 2014. Oh. Sorry, man. I was about to say, me and Taylor Swift, same birthday, baby. <laughs> and Elizabeth Studer. She's from Dover, too. And uh, Mr. Hannon. Sorry, I got to include you. Um, I think, actually, Mr. Matthias, too. I'm, I got to include everybody with the same birthday. Sorry. <laughs> All the cool people, December 13th. Um, hey, what was nine months before that? Is that like first town days or something? Nine months before December? Uh, is on. it first town days? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing this year. But um, okay, I was just making sure I was like, oh, I got this date down. December 14th. December now, 2014. That's right. Yeah, so this, uh, so what do you guys call it? A, a engineering center? Yeah, or? so we're. The name of the center is the, it's the Center for Design and Manufacturing Excellence. Oh, okay. And uh, it it took me a long time to understand in academia, words mean different things. So (laughs) when I first went to the university, excellence, I always felt like I was being pompous. I was like, I don't want to just like not say excellence. (laughs) Can I say Center for Design and Manufacturing or the Manufacturing Center and leave that off? And then the longer I've been in the circle and the, the work environment, Excellence in a in an academic or university setting, it has to do with it has more to do with like training the students and you know it's it's about being targeting the best or creating the best. Gotcha. You're and not saying I'm excellent. That's right. Right. <laughs> so in that in that context, that's exactly what we're doing. You know, we're focused on making for us excellence is all about the students, right? We're trying to create the best students that can possibly come out of OSU. That's what's up. And I was going to say this leading it into so this center of excellence has 25, you know, like full-time engineers and well, before COVID 75 undergrad students. Yeah. Thereabouts. We were like the exact number on March 15th of this year was 73. (laughs) Okay. And then March 16th, everybody had to scatter. Gotcha. Um, Over the course of 12 months, the total number of students that were hired by the employed by the center for the academic year of 2019, 2020. So this past academic year, we had 86 students working for us. Okay. And they, one of the things about the center is we're very focused on getting our students as much industry experience as we can. So we, by design, we don't want a student to come into the center and just hang out. Yeah. You know, we want them, if, if we can help them get an internship or a part-time job or something with industry or with one of our customers, we push them out. You know, we try to kick them out of the nest and get them some experience and then we, we bring them back. So when that co-op intern part-time, when it ends, we try to pull them back into the center and keep, keep growing them and advancing them and giving them more skills and more experiences. Nice. Okay. Well, the, what I thought was super cool was, so you always think about, like, I wish there was some way other than an internship to just get experience, show a business, a company like my you know, I don't know. I guess my, I don't want to say this, but I'm trying to think of a, a good company. I could say my all time favorite company growing up, you know, maybe was Apple or something like that. How do I, it would be great to work for Apple and more, not like an Apple store, but right. you know, nothing against Apple store. I did apply there and didn't get hired. So, um, <laughs> but you so know, now you a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This was before I got drafted. I was like, I was at the Eastern Mall and I was like, man, I really want to work at this Apple store. It's so cool. This is when I had an iPhone and everyone was like, why do you have an iPhone? Everyone still had the Blackberry. Right. And I was just obsessed with Apple at the time. Times have changed. I still got an iPad and all that stuff. Apple's a good company. But, um, but if like, I was like, man, what is a way I can get it in with those companies? And from what I understand, this, uh, the center you guys have here, I mean, basically kind of does that from what you were telling me is, you know, big companies, you guys, well, I guess before we get into that part, let's talk about what you guys can do at this center as well. Besides, besides training the undergrad students and stuff like that, what you guys do is pretty cool with, with, uh, you know, say I have an idea and I need to somewhere to get this idea out. And so it can be, you know, actually turn into something. Right. So I, I I mean, you can cut this out later if you want, but I think a cool part of the story is how we got to today. Okay, yeah. yeah right? let's so do we, that. we've been following that road, chasing the vision. And when we first kicked the center off, the, the thought process then was we we're going to be an applied engineering center. We're going to focus on industry. We're going to go out and anytime industry needs to drive a technology forward, whether the technology came from the university or from, 
from themselves or maybe from a VC or something. We were going to help them kind of rally that technology, turn it into a product and get it out in the marketplace. That was our, that was what our mission was. That's what we thought our, our mission was. And it, it didn't really involve students. It was all about industry. Okay. And you know, as the, as we went along, we got some projects and we kind of kept the lights on. We grew a little bit, but we started hearing feedback from our customers. And, and when we would ask the customer, what do you need? What can we do? How do we change? They never talked about the technology. You know, and I, it was almost to the point of frustration because we, hey, okay, we helped you with this product or we helped you develop this widget or we, you know, we fixed that broken thing or whatever their problem yeah. was that we were trying to help with. What do we do next? How do we improve? Those are our types of questions. And they come back and talk to us about students. And we're like, no, 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 I got it. Yeah, students are cool. You know, we, we like students too. We're Ohio State, but what about this thing? You know, that big black box is now super cool and it's really light. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And then the students and we, everything kept going to the students. And then I don't know, a couple of years ago, we like the, finally the hammer hit me on the side of the head and it's like, so when a company thinks of Ohio State University, they don't think of products. Yeah. They're not, these companies aren't coming to Ohio State because they want help with a product. They're not coming to Ohio State because they need, they need something broken or tested or pushed to its limit. They're coming to Ohio State because they want students. Mm. So we had, we had spent the first two and a half years building up pretty, pretty awesome lab, especially for engineers. It's definitely an engineering playground got you know a big big robotic lab multiple full scale you know robots big enough to pick a car up we've got uh, injection molding machines stamping equipment cnc machining centers uh for how, how big is this building uh the building is an old manufacturing building so it was actually in the it was built in the 40s to manufacture saw blades okay uh the the total building is about a hundred thousand square feet Okay. I'm only, the center is only occupying about 30,000 right now. Okay. We're just shy of 30,000. That's pretty hefty. Comdoc, we just built a new building and I think it's like 130 or something like that. Yeah. And I just know the sales part I'm in is so little part of that 130, but I feel like it's huge. So. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a big building and because it was a manufacturing building, it's perfect for what we're trying to do. So the kind of the distinction when you're, when I was doing research for grad school, you make little tiny widgets, right? They're like, I need to make a part this big so yeah. I can test the crap out of it to try to get a master's or a PhD. Yeah. As you move to more applied, you got to take that thing that you did all the science on and you have to turn it into the side of a car or the tail mm. on an airplane or whatever the, whatever the family's going to be. So the equipment's got to be big. Okay. So in this, because the building was originally a manufacturing facility, it was already at scale. So we have the ceilings are, 21 feet high. There's already, you know, five ton and 20 ton cranes in the building to move stuff around. We had, nice. we had all the infrastructure we needed to put all this equipment in. That's what's up. Yeah. As I said, if you're, if you're an engineering egghead, it's freaking awesome. Uh, it's definitely- I mean, I'm not, but I'm still like, <laughs> man, I want to, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I thought I was going to be a computer engineer, but we do uh, have computers too. We yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll go in there then. <laughs> um, Love the computers. Yeah. So anyway, so the when that that epiphany, like that wake up flux capacitor moment, happened, it's like, oh yeah, they come to OSU for students. We we just flipped the whole model over. So we said we're we're gonna still do everything we did before, but we're gonna make sure that every project has multiple students on it, and we're gonna make sure that every time a customer comes in the door, the students are helping run the product meeting the mm. students are helping with program management. And when you need to do marketing material or you got to do some sort of analysis to make sure that there's a market segment that is willing to entertain the product you've created, we get the students to do that. So we're, we're taking these companies that are coming in, trying to work with these companies that come in and expose the students at as many levels as we can to them. So HR, we've got history majors, we've got, business mm. majors, marketing majors, communications, design, and then a whole lot of engineering students across multiple departments. And they, yeah. they all work on projects with these companies. So the companies effectively get to interview them for a couple of years while they're doing project work. And the students also get to interview the company. So by the time they graduate, you know, it's not just, it's not just that really sexy icon that's up on a billboard somewhere. You yeah. actually know the culture of the company, you know, the Dang. students, 
they uh, yeah they they tend to know more about the company they work. It's pretty cool. Huh? For. I guess I got to admit, Ohio State's doing some cool things. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so saying. I just wish you know I had that type of experience. Um, uh, but that's just. I think that's cool. And I mean, that's a, a good attestment. I know a lot of people want to go to Ohio state just because it's Ohio state, but knowing the inner workings and the opportunities that are possible, um, on campus is, is, is exciting. You know, yeah, yeah. Yep. maybe I'll let my son go there. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Only if Nate is still there, he's still gonna be there in I'll 20 there. years. Okay. I'll be there. Yeah. I hope, well, hopefully I'm retired by then. Right. Yeah. I'm a lot yeah, older yeah. than you remember. Yeah. Yeah. True. 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 <laughs> well, persons, no, I wouldn't be 20. You'll still be there. Okay. You won't be retired yet. <laughs> but what is it? 11 years, 11 yeah, years would be, be there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so now what else I have is, so I know you were talking to me about, you know, the big companies you're working with and they have the inner workings. And I mean, some of these companies, um, necessarily aren't always thought of as like, you know, when people look at a big business, they just, they assume certain things, you know, they, they don't typically assume that they're, not honest, but they don't, you know, they just look at the company and go, well, you know, such and such. They probably, this big company, they don't care about anybody or anything. They don't really care about the employees. But this is proof that, you know, certain companies, when they're coming and they're finding out everything about these students to see if they'll be a good fit in the culture, because culture now is like a big thing. You can't Absolutely. just plug anybody in yep. based off of their talents and skills. You got to make sure they're going to, you know, a lot of things are teams. So, you got to make sure they're going to work well with a lot of people, depending on the job that is obviously. Right. And that's a, a key part of why we have so many different majors. You know, when you get when a you or I or any student graduating tomorrow or next year, when they get out of school, they don't just work with their major. And that's, I know universities across the nation, not just Ohio state, they're all, everybody's trying to figure out how you create multidisciplinary teams because that's what industry says over and over again. We need, we need students to have experience working with multiple engineering degrees, multiple business degrees. There needs to be some art and science. You know, they, they have to uh -huh. learn to work with people that are from different backgrounds and different educational experiences. Gotcha. We force it in the center. Okay. And what I don't, I don't want to claim to know what all universities do. What I've seen is most try to do the multidisciplinary activities their senior year. Oh, gotcha. So either the, Sometimes it's a multidisciplinary capstone or a senior project, but all that tends to happen the last six months of school. Yeah. I'm about to do my capstone here soon. I'm frightened. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we start them as freshmen. So they've oh. got, by the time they graduate a student, a student that's been through the center, they've got 4,000 hours of multidisciplinary project work, working for the company that hopefully they want to go work for after graduation. Dang. So they're, I don't know. One of our, uh, one of our program managers, he, he says, if we, his, his quote is if we do our job, right. When the student goes to work for you, so that you hire them and you've been working with them, it's not like you hired them. It's like you gave them their first promotion. Uh, they've, yeah. they've already got the equivalent of two years experience with you. You already know where the fit is and how they're yeah. going to behave. So you, you're promoting them into their effective second role in the company. Oh, I like it. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, so I know there's another project that uh you're involved in involving some big corporation that we may or may not have interviewed a couple of weeks ago uh well i guess I, we already established that the they're not the pro football of fame isn't the nfl sorry <laughs> uh <laughs> but um some of the things i have here is obviously you're working um with certain things like helmet design and all that now is that if those are the um, is that involved with the companies you want me to interview? Like the people who are starting companies with that, or is that just with the Ohio State? Yeah, uh, so that's that's actually yes. Yeah, so none of it's a secret. We are working with Sean Springs. Okay, his okay. company's called Windpack. Okay, and uh, Windpack. Yeah, right. and it's it's got a T on the end, so Windpacked. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, his so the project we're doing is with him with his company, and we're trying to kind of redesign helmets, make them more concussion safe. And we're, we're doing that uh, in, in support of or in collaboration with the NFL. Nice. Now, if, you know, COVID has turned everything upside down, so who knows how this is going to play out, right? But if everything goes well and we continue to kind of eke along and, and perform well, uh, the, the hope and the big success is that 
whatever we come up with will be in the NFL as a commercial. So the center will get a spotlight. Sean's company gets a spotlight and we get to tell the world, look, look how just awesome this is. That's what's up for you. Ohio state fans. Yes. He was a former (laughs) player. Now he's, he played in the NFL a long time. You know, Josh doesn't know he is, but Josh is young. <laughs> it's only when you're younger than me, but I know all these players because all the video games and stuff I used to play. That's but right. anyway, <laughs> um, so Winpack, that's awesome. Yeah, um, and it, then, is a, it is an awesome project. So you want to get you want to get college kids and OSU alum and faculty. You want to get them excited. Yeah, put a bunch of helmets on a table. Yeah, <laughs> man, it is. It they is care a, about football. They do. <laughs> It is incredible. Oh, like we, man. we try to inspire the kids, every, the students, sorry. We try to inspire them every day to make them work harder and challenge them and push them. Mm-hmm. You bring something like that in, it's easy. Yeah. Right? It, it gets really easy to build teams and get people working together. That's what's up. We've got a, I don't think this is secret, but we're, we're, <laughs> we're trying to help. We're trying to help with all the, all the COVID stuff. So yeah, I was about to bring this up. I'm glad you're going to it. Yep. So we've, we've done a lot and we can talk about some of the other big projects we've done for COVID, but the one that relates to the helmets, the nobody really knows what to do right now. So the easy solution for a helmet is you put the eye shield on, right? Yeah. They see through it. Kickers wear it. Lots of people wear the eye shield. It's pretty common. Yeah. As soon as you put something over their mouth, so it doesn't have to be a full mask. It could just be like slits in a piece of plastic. But as soon as you, as soon as you restrict airflow over the football player's mouth, the temperature of their breath fogs that eye shield up. Yeah. And you can clean them and you can put anti-fog on. There's things you can do. You can rub them down with soap. You know, there's a lot of different tricks to try to keep them from fogging up. But all it has to do is fog up once and the, the player is not going to be happy. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, they need to see, I guess. <laughs> yep. So we're, we're working right now as fast as we can to try to find a solution for that. And, uh, we had we had a couple of students participate in a conference call know, a week or so ago, and I don't know that they've left the center since then. Really, like they're just so fired up. <laughs> you know, and I run into other people around around campus, and I, I was at a charity event over the weekend, and these students are they're like telling everybody, right? Oh, you like what's up. walk in and meet somebody that you hadn't met or hadn't seen in a long time, like hey. Emmanuel, do you hear what Emmanuel's doing for you guys? Like, yeah, I know what he's doing. I hope he's eating lunch and dinner. <laughs> he's working so hard. But it, yeah, things like that oh, where man. they they're they feel like they're making an impact and it's something that they see. Right? Yeah. It, it's not like it's not like the the bolts on a car. You know, there's things that are super important and we have to have them. Yeah. But when you pull it to the front and it's you know it's on TV and it's yeah and it's just it's crazy how hard these kids work. And I, I know when I was working, when I was playing baseball, obviously sort of entertainment, people get to watch and it, it's cool. But um, when I got to work for a company, well, it's a different company now, but at the time it was uh, Lauren Innovations and it was called um, crap. Navigate Prepared. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Matt. I remember the company <laughs> navigate prepared. We made like a software that we were trying out and it was, you know, help with schools and security and all that. And I just felt like, obviously I love baseball, no lie, but I just felt like I was doing something so, you know, impactful for schools and to make the parents feel safe and the, the kids and all the administration. It just was like a cool thing. And I wasn't like making the app or anything. I was just literally like the, the, li- the liaison, I guess you mm-hmm. could say, I would just go to the schools and tell them how it works and, and work. Cause you know, I had, I have somewhat people skills, I guess. Right. Josh? Yeah. <laughs> so I would go and, you know, I loved the inner workings. I just didn't have the skills to design the software, but I would be able to, you know, explain it and see the, the, the teachers like, Oh, like this is so, you know, cool. And it's that, and making an impact that way, it's like so different. So I can relate to these students that uh, are able to see something. When I was in the field and I saw it happen and seeing this teacher's like, oh, I have to do is press this and oh, everybody yeah. gets notified and we have to worry. You know, I'm like, yes. And yeah. it's so good to see it work in action. And you're just like, this is cool. Yep. So Yeah, I had a student, just a little side story. I had a student who was a, a, a biological engineering major, which is an agriculture it's a degree in the Department of Agriculture, the College of Agriculture. Okay. So his his background and what he was learning in school was was all around like plant science and how all that stuff happens on the plant side, way way outside of my area of expertise. <laughs> uh, 
but he came into the center. We were getting him in all these different projects, different things. And he, he lit up around the idea of using nuclear power to move things in space. They call them uh, nuclear thermal propulsion or NTP engines. Okay. Um, in the U.S., we built one back in the 50s and 60s time frame, and we haven't built any, appreciably haven't built any since. So this, really? this biology major, I got a small project, got him some funding. We were working away on it. He, he got so rallied up around it. He came in. He ended up building a, 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 a subscale mock-up of a nuclear thermal propulsion engine and was able to hit Mach 1.5 or something in our, in our lab. Is that fast? Oh, yeah, that's super fast, yeah. <laughs> Over the speed of sound. Okay. But okay. He, did it all, he did it all with almost like monster garage equipment. You really? know, this was a really small project. Didn't have a lot of funding, but he, he just got so excited about it, right? He, man, when they, just seeing somebody get excited and diving in headfirst because they see what it could be. So in the way he talked about it, he was always inspiring because he loved it so much. And he's like, man, if, if I can help figure this out, somebody can get to Mars. You know, and the trick to getting to Mars is you get there quickly so you don't risk solar flares and everything yeah, else. And yeah. these, these NTP engines, they're poised to get us to somewhere like Mars faster than any other way. Dang. Yeah, you cut, you go from six years or whatever the duration is down to like six months, something really wow. fast. And he you know, had he had no academic experience related to nuclear energy or propulsion. What? But he rallied, he did research, he studied, he, I mean, he, we had a, he pulled other people in. So he would like make phone calls and talk to literal rocket engine, like rocket scientists or whatever, Dang. and talk to him on the phone to understand what he had to do. And yeah, it was wow. just... Just absolutely amazing. It, it's so cool when you get when the students get excited about something that that excites them that doesn't really have anything to do with their schooling, and you know it's going to benefit them. Yeah. So when he, I think he's working for the Air Force now. Wow. But he, biological engineer, worked on a nuclear thermal propulsion engine in the center, got over Mach one with, like I said, monster garage style tools, <laughs> and now he's working for the Air Force, and all the dots connected. Right. He did. Yeah. When he started biological engineering, he didn't think he was going to work on an engine or or end up there, end up at the Air Force. Mm. Yeah. Well, and and the way you know path takes us, like we were talking about before, that's just. I mean, I never thought my path would be what it is, but obviously, I wouldn't trade it. Yep. So, I mean, it's all you know. I think even Kobe or a lot of people like super hard dedicated people that are just, they have something, they just, they have to have it. They, they enjoy the journey there. You know, obviously most of the people in the population want to just get to the end result right away, you know, and credit to the great companies like Apple that spoil us and we can get stuff done really fast. But you know, that's not how things work in the real world when you're trying to design stuff like that and you have a, a vision and a goal and, you have a project you have to do. It takes time, but yep. um, that's just, that's just, that's cool. I mean, I, I've never had um like a big project like that. Well, I know it's a little project, but for, for him, it was big. So. Yeah, career changing. <laughs> yes. Right? And uh, that's what I'm trying to get into. This to me is like, this podcast is like a project that I've got, you know, a lot of help when all I really have to do is just come in here and ask questions to interesting people. <laughs> and it's, it seems, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, podcast. You know, I gotta be on camera and talk. That's crazy. But, um, my goal is to talk less cause I can get rambly. Um, but, uh, I did want to say, you know, I'm, I do have a couple things I did want to ask about cause we did get into it a little bit about your, your, your ACL and torn ACL. And I just, I wanted the people to know a little bit personal about you with your hobbies and the things you like to do that sometimes get you in trouble besides wakeboarding. I know you said you got, you know, skiing and surfing and all that stuff leads to you being like a adrenaline junkie. But, yep. um, I mean, how are you able to use that in you know, what you do right now and bring that same fire with the, I mean, there's gotta be ways you can create adrenaline and working in the stuff you got going on. Yeah. Everything's, I think for me, again, this is one of those things my wife would attest to. Everything's a light switch. So I, I I can't imagine doing a job where it wasn't wide open. You know, the throttle's always wide open. I'm always, I'm always pushing as hard as I can. If the if I didn't feel that about a job, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do it. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't imagine doing something where I wasn't, or I don't get energized and the hair doesn't stand up on my arm mm. and like that without that. I, I'm not sure why you would do it. Yeah, and I mean, there's, there's times where I come in the studio, like Josh, I am dead, but I, I love this. I love doing this. I love even aspects that Josh doesn't love. Like you saw me trying to set up this camera still working by the way. Okay. I was trying to set up this camera. Good I'm enough. like, oh, yeah, I need to, uh, the lens has got to be as pretty. Look at that bokeh effect around you, the blur. And I don't know. That's just some of the stuff I'm, I'm into. And I get excited about it, even though it's not really paying me anything. But <laughs> I love, you know, uh, hopefully it does one day, you know. But <laughs> I just love, I get excited about that stuff. And some people look at you like, what? But, yeah. <laughs> but me seeing... You know, the the excitement, and I'm sure if I saw that kid you were talking about, or the student, my bad, yeah. <laughs> saw him, I'd, be, like, I'd get excited about what he's excited about just because of the, the intensity and the um, the excitement he's working with. Yep. You know, I try to, you know, get people, and I try to get my wife interested in the stuff I'm interested in all the time. I'm like, babe, look, look at the, you know, I, and I sometimes I can get her. Like, last night she came in when I had that camera set up for my live shoot, and I'm like, babe, look at this. She's like, wow, that, that is amazing. <laughs> She's like, look how it blurs. I was like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, that stuff is, uh, and I'm pretty sure that's how you guys feed off it, but it's very, yep. very, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very contagious. So I've always, always told that, hey, you know, smiling and my joy is contagious. I love bringing, you know, lifting people up if they're down or just having fun. So when these, these students are, are working in this environment, they're, you know, they're excited about this football thing. And I, there was one other thing I want to ask you about, about the, um, the new gloves and stuff for the linemen to help them, you know, not dislocate fingers yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but when they're working in this and it's, it's everybody just probably feeds off one another. Maybe someone's having a bad day, but they come in to the center and, you know, they can, this is kind of their escape. Like some people, like for me, sports were my escape or um, maybe, you know, surfing, hiking is your escape. But uh, when they get locked in and they're doing these projects, you know, they're not thinking about, you know, hey, you know, I got a bad grade somewhere or my girlfriend dumped me. They're just like, boom, you know, and that's never happened to me. I've never been dumped, by the way. So. <laughs> high school, high school sweetheart. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, actually, she did. She didn't dump me, but she just denied me for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so did mine. That was, that was the period we called. That was like, what, mid-college. We said we sowed our oats for. Yeah, yeah. that's a hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But look, you guys are it, together. It wasn't my choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I always think, you know, hey, I turned down a lot of colleges because I was in love, but it worked out because we got married. If we weren't together right now, I'd be like, dang, man, I should have went to some of those nice schools. <laughs> but um, real quick before we end, uh, I wanted you to so just say a couple things about. So obviously uh, we talked about the center, what it does, the basic idea, and it helps students get to where they want to be. Uh but I know you guys were talking about the COVID solutions you guys were having. So most of the times when doctors are trying to get things done, um, it takes a long, long time. Sometimes right. you said a lifetime for oh, if yeah. a doctor wants to get like a, cause you know, the center, you have an idea and you need someone to produce it and make sure it's functional. And that's right. what you guys do. So I know these doctors are probably coming to you with certain ideas and that's what you guys do. But talk about the difference since COVID has struck. Yeah. So it, it's, um, it was eye-opening for us in the center, and I think it's. I think we've kind of shifted the paradigm in the university a little bit too. So, yeah, much like you like you started saying when you when you're a a clinician working in a hospital and you have a great idea. So, to your credit, super smart. You made it all the way to that point in your career, and then you you see things over and over again, and that's what kind of flips the switch and makes you come up with a great idea. That's all the like awesomeness of being a clinician, being a doctor. You know, that, that's why you do it. Clinician. I've never used that word before. I'm about to take that from there you. There you go. All right, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> Sorry. So then, unfortunately, what happens is we're, uh, I don't know if it's just the U.S. I don't, I don't know how, where the boundaries are, but we're so litigation. We're, you know, everything is fear of litigation or everything is, you know, could we sue somebody over this? So you have a great idea that could save people's lives, help them, cure them, do whatever, but to to mitigate litigation, the process of turning it into a product, it's, it could take 10 years. You could spend five years doing upfront clinical trials where you're not even working with, with humans. Mm. You know, and it, it's, it's all this risk averse, making sure you don't hurt anybody, but it, it tends to slow, it slows product development down. And sometimes it's, I think it slows it down for products that don't need to go through that. Yeah. You, you don't need 
you don't need multiple three clinical trials back to back to to do something like a nasal pharyngeal swab and NP swab. <laughs> that, that's that's my I guess my segue into coronavirus. Um, when it hit, everybody panicked. You know, and and the to the credit of the hospitals and clinicians, the panic stayed internal. So for a long time, people were talking about we need to get we need to get people down the street to make masks. We got to figure out how to do face shields. And you know, they were talking about all these things that are kind of like secondary protection. Yeah. But nobody, the the hospitals all kept it pretty tight that we didn't have enough NP swabs to determine who was sick and who wasn't. So a team, and I'm honored that I was even able to be part of it, a team was started between uh, Harvard, Ohio State University, uh, University of Florida, Northern Florida. I might have that. I think I have that wrong. And, um, and the U.S. Army. And this team started out saying, okay, how do we, we got to find a solution. So there were lots of conference calls, lots of video chats, and it, the uh, the the defining moment was we have all this 3D printing capability that was set up for dental offices. All of the polymers, everything that was designed to go in a human's mouth, will also go in their nose. Can we mm. use these 3D printers to to create a secondary product stream of nasal pharyngeal swabs just to get through the hump, right? to get through the peak or hump, whatever you want yeah. to call it. And uh, and then the so then once that was once that was determined in quotation marks, then then it rallied, right? Then floodgates opened. We started everybody started reaching out to the community, started reaching out to the different three D printing companies to find out what dental suppliers already had all the FDA qualifications and certifications in place. And the uh, the nation, you know, a lot of it was behind the scenes. It didn't get a lot of press, which <laughs> I think is kind of cool too. Yeah. But the the nation rallied. So we just in just at Ohio State, we worked with two 3D printing companies that are here in Ohio, and there was uh, I don't know the exact number, but somewhere upwards of a million swabs 3D printed just to get Ohio State University through the through the hump. Wow! And that happened. That happened everywhere. And it, like I said it, that's that's like the hair stand up. That's one <laughs> of those. The press didn't pick it up. It wasn't it wasn't displayed nationally that. These universities and these uh, 3D printing companies and dental suppliers that they all stepped up to the plate, and we didn't go through the FDA. Actually, the FDA helped figure out how we do this and use these use these 3D printing materials that were already qualified to go in a person's mouth. So okay. it, everybody worked together instead of saying, "How do we not get sued?" Everybody just came together and found a solution. Well, see, and why would we want to celebrate that and let everybody know about right. that? Right, <laughs> it's like the. The core of America's awesomeness, right? Yeah, we, exactly. The whole nation rallied together. Universities from across the country, the army, it's all these people working. It oh, was, man. It was a, kind of the coronavirus, I think, was probably the worst experience for all of us that are alive right now. Mm-hmm. But that that solution that was put together, and it was never intended to be a permanent solution. It was just to, just to get over the hump. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. So when you see the whole nation coming together, Nobody was doing it for ego. Nobody was like picking up the phone. Hey, Channel Ten, you ought to know what we're doing. Right? Yeah. Nobody was making phone calls to get PR out of it. Everybody was just working, trying to get a solution. So what's up? Yeah. I mean, and that's the whole. I mean, Corona obviously, like you said, is terrible, worst time. But a lot of good did come out of this. I see a lot of you know people are just adapting. They're forced to be a. They're forced to adapt, but right. you know, gets us out of our comfort zone, and we and we learn new things and and uh, find out new things about ourselves. So right. And it's continued too. So that was the that was definitely the catalyst. And then once our center started to get press, and it, it eventually does break out. Nice. So once it started to break out, then clinicians were calling saying, "Hey, we gotta. How do we deal with the fact that when we intubate, you put the tube down their throat. When we take that tube out, spit and stuff comes out. We gotta protect. We have to protect our epidemiologists and anesthesiologists." Yeah. So we we worked with a couple doctors and we came up with a a box like a like a glove box that goes over the patient's head so they can they can intubate or remove intubation and still be safe from the spittle and whatever they call the stuff that comes gotcha. out. Gotcha. And um, 
think we've done a couple projects working on ventilators. Okay. Ventilators are really complicated. So rather than trying to reinvent a ventilator, we, we like many universities, we, we helped, helped a couple of clinicians figure out how to split the ventilator. So you can use one ventilator to power multiple patients. Oh, okay. We made, took it all the way into prototypes, did a bunch of testing, and then the need started to wane. But just to be involved in it, all these, these are the stories that I'll tell my grandkids someday. Yeah, that's what's up. They're the ones that I'll remember. And we, as much as we could through coronavirus and sending everybody home, we kept as many students as we could engaged. Hopefully they tell their grandkids someday about these amazing experiences that they had. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's crazy this the time, but like you said, I mean, it is something that you're very proud of that you're involved in, not in a way like, hey, look at me, you know, I'm helping, you know, all this stuff. It's just it's just something that we know we had to do as people, and you got it done, and that's 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 definitely, and that's one of the reasons why I want to have you. Once we were talking on the phone, and you know, I was like, man, this is. This is pretty cool. I was like, I definitely got to have Nate on the show. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and um, and I'll talk to you about having, you know, um, who who are we having uh, that you wanted me to have on the show again? I I want to try to get Sean Springs. Involved. Oh, I would love to. I would first of all, I would love obviously just for, um, I mean, I know who he is, and obviously I admire him as an athlete. But now he's trying to do stuff off the off the field to help the people still on the field is good. Or you could be like me, you know, who doesn't want to talk to any more baseball players because I'm jealous you're still playing and I'm not. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's but, just uh, he's a great guy. And I yeah, think yeah, I would love to get the chance to meet him so we can you know talk about that off air and see uh, if we can get that done. Um, but I really want to you know appreciate you for coming by. Like, Ladies and gentlemen, he drove from Columbus to, to have this conversation with me, and he does have family here, and he wasn't just driving for me. It was mostly for you. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've got your poster up on the wall in my bedroom. <laughs> yes. I wasn't going to say anything. I thought it would be awkward, but <laughs> since we're here. <laughs> since, since we're here, I love it. That's what's up. I've, like, you're joking, right? Yes. I, <laughs> I was like, all right, man, let me just double check. <laughs> to clear things up but um as we can see you know one of our own um this is another important reason but another one of our own is doing big things um and i just thought it was important that we highlighted this um obviously we love our sports figures and our athletes but stuff like this doesn't get highlighted as much as it should and you know our dover graduate is out there doing big things you know you know, Trying to. if I'm ever looking for a job, you know, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love Comdoc. No, <laughs> but um, I wanted to thank you again for coming by. And uh, I guess, uh, is there anything else you wanted to say? You know, plug. Oh, you said you, you know, your marketing um, students were going to help us get this out nationally. You know, we are so we can get some views up. No. <laughs> we are, we absolutely are. We've already already set the stage. Um, That's what's up. Yeah, marketing up. communications team. They've. They've watched a couple of your po- or listened to a couple of your podcasts, uh-huh. and they're yeah they're they're ready to take the next step. Nice, want to get nice. through today, and they're going to promote it. Yeah, hopefully uh, they thought I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> but if they watch this one, this one's good. There was a lot of information shared. Um, I learned a lot, and um, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, you know, airing. But uh, <sighs> am I? Eric always makes fun of me saying, I appreciate y'all, but I appreciate y'all, everybody, uh, for stopping by and listening. Hopefully you got some out of this episode and, um, yeah, uh, make sure you do, uh, subscribe, tune into the other podcasts. Um, there's a lot of information being brought, not just here. You know, there's a lot of information being shared on the other podcasts that is very important. And, um, I think it's good that we bring light to the other episodes as well. Again, if you want to sponsor the podcast or the whole network and all the other podcasts, contact Josh, getlevelpod.com, all that stuff. Uh, did I miss anything? OH. I'm not saying it. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I said that one time on campus. <laughs> so I, I probably did it like 20 times on campus because Krista, my wife, went to school at cosmetology. How do I say this? Ohio State School of Cosmetology. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I was on lane, like just driving up and I was, I don't know why I was by myself. No one was in the car. I've literally never done this by myself, but I was just feeling kind of, you know, a little froggy. I was like, Hey, Oh, H.
Did you have the windows up? No. <laughs> the windows were down, but some people were just like, I had Florida plates on. So they were like, all right. <laughs> and that was literally, every time, I literally had never seen that happen. Except one of my friends yelled, Michigan. And then I was like, bro, we got to get going. <laughs> but no, but no, I've, I have great experience with Ohio State. And that was literally the only time I've ever heard or never heard it finished. Um, but Io, I guess I'll finish it. Um, hang on. Is it Sloopy? Hang no, on. I'm joking. <laughs> You do it in almost any airport around the world. If you say OH, somebody replies. Somebody has to. Yep. It's it's just. It's crazy. It is. I mean, we always see how big. We already talked about how big Ohio State football is. Just Ohio State. And, and it's the most impo- most popular team in Ohio. I mean, I mean, we have the Browns. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wish we would have won a World Series in 16. But anyways. Well, uh, we got to have some other people on this on this uh, podcast. We'll have some. Um, hopefully, I can get some baseball players to come on here, and hopefully, I can have some more people like Nate from the area that are, you know, even though he's going to try to be modest and play it down, doing big things um, outside of T County. But we thank everybody, and uh, you know, tune in to the next episode next week. Thank you. Peace. Shawty, you my little mama. I got a crib out of water. Say me casa, su casa. It feels like casa blanca. Shawty, you my little mama.